When I was growing up, um, I loved Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Anybody else? Mr. Rogers, right? Awesome. So, so Mr. Rogers is this incredible show um, where we learned about lots of different things. Um, but here's my frustration. I, like, I would wait for Mr. Rogers to start, and, and I would either have to watch some lame episode of Sesame Street, right? Uh, like, near, far. I know that. Like, let's get to Mr. Rogers already, right? I want to see what King Friday's up to. Um, uh, or because my TV lim- uh, options were limited, there was either like that or episodes of Little House on the Prairie, which would keep me from watching Mr. Rogers. So to this day, I don't like Little House. My wife and I, this is a contention, she loves Little House, and I'm like, it just was just so many memories of just waiting and having to sit through that when I wanted to get to something more awesome. Um, but, but when I had Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and the music would come on, he would come in the door, right, and he would talk about how it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and he would take off his coat, and he'd put on his cardigan, and zip it all the way up, and then halfway down, and I don't know why he did that, but that's just what he did, and then he would, then he would sit down, he would take off his shoes, right, and he'd put on different shoes, and I don't know why he did that, maybe he'd committed a crime and needed to get rid of the, I don't know what was going on with Mr. Rogers and the shoes, but he would get down there and then he would, he would say, he would ask us a very important question. He would say, won't you be my neighbor, right? Won't you be, won't you be, please won't you be my neighbor? And then he'd sit there and he'd look at us, he'd go, hello neighbor, right? Like that was just like, he was like, oh, cool. We're gonna feed fish. We're gonna talk about feelings. I'm gonna learn how crayons are made, which is still my favorite episode to this day. That was so cool to me, watching how crayons are made. He took us to a factory one day, right? Mr. McFeely would show up, all these different kinds of amazing things, right? But what was really amazing is that uh, Fred Rogers, what he had the ability to do, which was really incredible, is he could make a bunch of people feel at home through a television. It was just this tremendous act of hospitality that he could make people feel at ease and at home across the television. And, and what's amazing is the power of hospitality by inviting someone in to be your neighbor, how, how amazing that is and how powerful it really is. And so today we're going to be talking about hospitality. That's what we're going to be uh, talking about um, today. And, and what we're going to be talking about, the definition of hospitality is simply this. Hospitality is inviting someone into your life who doesn't ordinarily belong there. Okay, that's what hospitality is. Inviting someone into your life who doesn't ordinarily belong there. That's the definition of hospitality. So whether you're inviting someone into your home or your apartment or your dorm room or your friend group or your community, whatever it may be, you're inviting someone into your life that doesn't ordinarily belong there. Now, I'm married. I have two kids. We live at home. I don't practice hospitality per se with my home, with my people in my home because they belong there, right? Like, I'm nice to them. Like, people are like, you're not hospitable to your family? Um, I'm nice to them. I'm kind. I'm those things, right? We want to be, we want to create a loving home. But hospitality is inviting people into your life who don't ordinarily belong there. And we can communicate so many things through hospitality, one of which is this, you matter, you matter. Like, I'm going to invite you into my life because you matter. Or I think you would like this. Or I, I, I want to show care and concern. I want to show you that you belong. Whatever it is, hospitality is an incredible thing that says you belong. I want you to be a part of this. 
Yet so often, I think we don't practice hospitality because we think it has to be this grandiose thing, right? Like you're like, well, my home doesn't look like what you would see on good housekeeping. Like it's not picture perfect. I don't have 50 hors d'oeuvres to put out. Like I don't, I don't have all that kind of stuff. I'm kind of limited on my budget. I'm not the cleanest of people or whatever it may be. We think that it's got to be perfect. It's got to be great. And it's got to be huge, right? It's got to be big. That's entertaining, okay? And now entertaining can be a part of hospitality, but hospitality is something a little bit different than entertaining. Hospitality is inviting someone into your life who doesn't ordinarily belong there. And so today we're gonna be talking about what the Bible has to say about hospitality, which surprisingly enough, it's all over the Bible about being hospitable. So we're gonna talk about what hospitality is, what we're to do with it, how we're to go about it, and why we do it. So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. We're gonna be um, in a lot of different places in the Bible today, so if you have a Bible, stretch, because we're gonna be all over the place, right? Get ready. Be careful so you don't cut your fingers and paper cuts, right? Um, Second is the words are gonna be up on the screen as well as a help. Um, So the first thing that we're gonna see is what the what of hospitality, what are we to do? In Romans 12, verses 9 through 13, it says this. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. I find it interesting that this list, so, so the book of Romans um, was written to the church in Rome. That's how we get the name. And the church in Rome had already been developed, and the Apostle Paul, as he's writing this letter, talking about the, the, the first part of Romans is a lot of really good theology, what did Jesus do for us, who is he, all these kind of things, the creation and the work of God, all these amazing things, the problem of sin, how God solved that problem. And then in light of all of those things, he talks about, now how are we going to live? How do, we, how do we express that in the world? And in Romans 12, we get to see a bit of what he's talking about. And Romans 12 is one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible. I love Romans 12. And, and what he's talking about in this list is amazing to me. And what's really incredible to me is that hospitality makes this list. I think that's really incredible and something to take note of, that hospitality makes the list of things like letting love be genuine, and discarding what is evil and holding fast to what is good and loving one another as family, outdoing one another and showing honor, not being slothful in zeal, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing, being patient in the times of trouble, being constant in prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, that means the followers of Jesus. And in, in this list comes and seek to show hospitality. What an amazing thing that we get to see that this makes this list. Hospitality. And what we see here is being being hospitable. Put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable in a second there. Being hospitable is a lot about who you are more than what you do. What we are to do is to seek hospitality, seek to show hospitality, but it has a lot to do with who we are. The most amazing couple that has, has, has taught me and my wife more about hospitality than anybody else was this really incredible co- couple in a town that we used to live in before we moved here to plant the church. They had eight kids. 
And they invited us over into their home, and we would sit around. They would make us food, you know, just a simple dinner, but they would make us food, and we would sit around the table, and we would talk, and we would laugh, and they would talk to us about the things of the Lord, and they would pray with us. And if I had a question about ministry or just life and I needed to talk to somebody, he was there, we would go and sit under lawn chairs underneath one of his trees in his yard, and we would sit in the shade and talk about the things of the Lord, and he would just drop wisdom on me. Just crazy. It was just like... I got a question, teach me. And he would just do that. It was great. And he took the time to do that. And the amazing thing about it is, is their home. They actually lived in a Quonset building. Like an actual, like, Quonset building, like half circle steel. They had blown in insulation. They had roughed in walls. It was a very simple lodging place. And yet, I've never experienced so much kindness and hospitality. I've never felt so welcomed in a place. It was incredible. It was an awesome thing to know that it was about who they were, not necessarily the ambiance. Although the, the, the environment is helpful, right? Like, it's cool and all, but, but what being hospitable is, it's about inviting people into your life. And they invited us into their life. It was an, an amazing thing. And what we're to do is we're to seek hospitality. We're seek to show hospitality. And this is important because this is a lifelong endeavor because by nature we are all selfish, by nature, we're just self-centered. We want to do things for ourselves, and to invite someone in might be an inconvenience to us. And so God says, seek to show hospitality. Look at all this list of love and patience and rejoicing and service and showing honor. And he says, and seek to show hospitality, that, that, we, are to, that we are to pursue this all of our days. We are to pursue this to get beyond ourselves and to show other people that they can be invited in and that they matter. That's what we are to do. We are to seek to show hospitality. Now, God's great. He doesn't only give us a commandment, but like a good father that he is, he gives us how we're to do it because there's like attitude things that go along with it as well. And in 1 Peter 4, 9 through 10, it says this, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. God says, yes, seek to show hospitality. That's what you are to do. But there's also a way in which to do it. And that's to do it without grumbling. Have you ever had to keep company with someone that it wasn't by choice? Did you ever get voluntold? You ever get voluntold that you're going to spend time with this person? Great. You're going to get, you know, like, you got to go take the boss's daughter, right? Like, whatever it is, right? Like, have you ever had that where you were forced to try to be hospitable or someone else? Have you ever got to that point where you think it's going to be a great time and you come there and clearly that person was made to be with you? You ever had that moment? Just me? Okay, great. Awesome. Um, um, that moment where you just realize that, like, oh, you really don't want to be here, right? It's the time when Napoleon takes Trisha to the dance. You know what I'm talking? So, like, like in this moment, like, it's clear that you don't want to be here. And what God says is not just about, it's not just about inviting someone into your life. It's about to do so with a good attitude, to do so without grumbling, to do so without grumbling. And I'm going to tell you, hospitality, although is difficult for everyone, it's, a, it's something that doesn't come naturally, for some, it, it's, it's harder for others. 
And uh, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take some time and just speak to my introverted brothers and sisters. Because some of us in this room um, love, like we get energized by being around people. Like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. I'm feeling so refreshed by being around people. Some people feel very refreshed in solitude and getting alone. It's like, it's not that I don't love people. It's just, I love you from a distance or I love the idea of you. But when I see you face to face, you exhaust me, right? So like, there's these people, like, there's, and there's like going, oh man, I gotta be hospitable. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. And it can get really, really overwhelming, uh, for some people. So I just want to say this. One, just breathe. And two, um, God knows how you're wired. Okay? God, God knows how you're wired. And what's the amazing thing about people who are more introverted when they practice hospitality, um, they get to see the answers to prayer in a more powerful way, in a more obvious way than maybe someone who isn't. Because they have to pray for strength, and God will give you the strength. And you get to see God answer your prayers going, God, this is outside of my comfort zone. This isn't something I naturally do. I desperately need you in this moment. And you get to see God come through in those areas. A tremendous gift is that you get to see God answer your prayers in very, very specific and very clear ways. And the other thing that I love about this verse, about how we're to show hospitality, yes, we're to do so without grumbling. But then in verse 10, it says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as, God's steward, as good stewards of God's varied grace. To be a steward means to be a manager. And it says, what I love about this is it says, you've all received a gift to serve one another, and you're gonna manage that gift to show God's varied grace, which means not everything is the same. And what I love about this is that God has given you, if you're a follower of Jesus, he's given you spiritual gifts. He's wired you in a way to bless other people. And he wants you to do that in the way that he has gifted you. Which means if you think that hospitality is only having people over to your house all the time, in and out, staying over, like that's one way to show hospitality. But that's not the way that it's all going to be shown. Right? Some people are like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a big backyard barbecue, and we're going to make it loud so that when the cops called, we have more people at the party, right? Like, we're just going to, we're going to grill for them too. And then we're like, yeah, we'll keep it down, but here, have some food. Like, that's, like, that's, that's a way to invite people in. Not a good way, but a way to invite people in. And for some of us, that is hospitality. For some people, having in, people in your home all the time is hospitality. But other ways of hospitality is let me take you out for coffee one-on-one. Let me, let me just serve you. Why don't you come out to my workshop and we work on this together? Maybe it's, I want to teach you how to draw. Maybe it's, maybe it's I want to show you something. Maybe it's, I want to give you something. But whatever it is, there's varied ways that God wants us to express hospitality, and we are to steward that. We're to manage that. And what I love about that is that it doesn't all have to look the same way. It doesn't all have to look the same way, and that's just a beautiful thing. And to help our attitude, I think, I think one of the things to do so without grumbling is, is one way is just to go, every act of hospitality is going to look different. It's inviting someone into our life that normally doesn't belong there, so whatever that looks like. And it's going to manifest itself in, in so many different ways. 
And the other thing that I think helps our attitude about grumbling is one prayer. God, just help my attitude. Uh, two, understand that he's got different ways of which to call us to do these things. And three, to think about the possibilities. To think about the possibilities. When you invite someone into your life, think about the outcomes. What's possible? Will someone come to Jesus because they know you? That's possible. Will someone become a better parent because they see how you raise your kids? That's possible. Will someone become a better spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend? That's possible. Will someone become a better worker? That's possible. Will someone discover their gifts? Will someone be invited into your life that you didn't know what was going on, but they were hanging by a thread and you extended a hand at the perfect time, at the perfect moment that God answered their prayer through you? That's possible. That happens. Will God use you to help another person grow spiritually? Yes, that's possible. That happens. How is that going to happen? Let's invite people into our lives and see what, what God does. As God's very grace, in different ways, in different opportunities, in different, and all those things, how it goes out, but every act of hospitality done in Jesus' name is going to communicate to someone a little bit more about who God is and his heart for people. I think that's amazing. What we're to do, we are to pursue hospitality. How we're to do it, we're to do it without grumbling. Another powerful moment of mine when I was uh, experienced hospitality was when I was a freshman in college. I went to NDSU, and a lot of my friends went to other colleges, so I didn't have any friends go with me. Um, I knew people there, but it just... And so for the first couple of weeks, I was really lonely, like really lonely, and, um, and really unsure of what was going to happen. And one of the things that my sister told me, she was a bit older than me, and she was at a different college, and she said, hey, you should find a campus ministry to get involved in. You should just go one night to a campus ministry, um, Campus Crusade or, or you know, uh, Chi Alpha or uh, InterVarsity or whatever they have on your campus. You should go to one of those. And so I did. I went to a campus ministry. Went there by myself. I'm walking there, you know, getting all like, all by myself. Right, you know, just kind of getting ready, getting, getting in the mood. <laughs> getting, getting amped up for walking into a ministry by myself. And I sat by myself and I watched this whole thing go on. It was really cool. And, and there were some people there that they were upperclassmen. You could tell they were people of influence. I'm like, I would love to get to know that person, but I'm not just going to walk up and be like, I'm a freshman. All right? You know, like, what do I do? You know, so I just, I waited and then I was, and then I was just going to go. And before I left, one of the, the upfront leaders um, came over and, and uh, said, hey, man, what's your name? And I said, Steve. And he's like, cool. He's like, what are you doing now, Steve? And I said, I'm... I'm going to go back to my dorm. And uh, he's like, why, do you got homework? And I said, I don't have homework. I study sociology. And uh, <laughs> which is kind of true. Um, and he's like, well, if you're not doing anything, you should come out with us. We're going to go to the A&W, uh, the, the, and I want you to come. And I was like, okay. 
And I went, and, and I got to meet more people. And here's the, here's the crazy thing, is that that guy never invited me into his home. He never invited me to his Bible study. In fact, I got connected with a different Bible study. Um, but that one simple act, would you come with us? Someone noticed me, and for, for that moment, I understood that I wasn't alone. And I didn't feel so lonely anymore. It was a well-timed help. I didn't. I was not doing well emotionally in that moment. But that simple act, his invitation into doing something he was already going to do, connected me with a bunch of really cool people. That's possible. That's possible when we show hospitality. And it's great to know that, yes, we should practice hospitality. That's, that's, we should pursue that. That's what we are to be doing. Yes, how we're to do it, do without grumbling in the way that God wired us. Yes, perfect, cool. But why? Why is this so important to God that we would practice hospitality and seek to show hospitality? Why does this matter? And what is our motivation in doing this? We find it in Ephesians 1, verses 7 through 10. It says this. In him, being Jesus, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. There's some really, really amazing things about this passage of scripture. Number one, it's all one sentence, which I think is just cool. Like, wow, that's, you just kept on going. You got really excited, right? But the other thing is this. In Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. If hospitality is inviting someone into our life that doesn't ordinarily belong there, then the greatest act of hospitality in the history of the world is the cross of Jesus Christ. If hospitality is inviting someone into your life that doesn't ordinarily belong there, then the greatest act in the history of the world of hospitality is the cross of Jesus Christ. We were far from God in our sin. We continued to alienate ourselves from God in our sin. We were walking away from him. We were not spending time in his presence. We were not in his life. And yet God in his mercy through the cross of Jesus Christ, through his own blood, sweat, and tears, made a way for us to be with him. He paid for our sins, the redemption through his blood. The greatest act of hospitality the world has ever known. And not only did he welcome us in, he did it out of his own joy. It was his good pleasure. And then when he invited us in, he didn't ignore us. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll be hospitable. Now go sit in the corner and don't screw it up. Like, that's, that's not what God does. 
he invites us in. And then when we're there, that tremendous act of hospitality already getting us into the kingdom, then on top of that, he lavishes grace upon us. He lavishes grace. This idea of just pouring out over and over. You ever been lavished with something? You ever been to a place where you're just like, I can't eat anymore. Good, because I got four more plates, right? Just lavishing stuff on top of you, like just goodness after goodness after goodness. And God says he does this in all wisdom and insight, which means God is not foolishly lavishing grace upon people. God knows exactly what he's doing. God knows exactly who you are and exactly what you've done and knows exactly who I am and exactly what I've done, yet lavishes grace upon us in all wisdom and insight. What an amazing God. Why are we hospitable as followers of Jesus? Because our God is a hospitable God. He welcomed us in, and he wants us to do the same. Because, let's be honest, when he invites us in, it changed our lives, didn't it? And when we invite people into our lives, it can lead to the transformation of so many people. Just the potential there is incredible. And as we continue to follow Jesus, we want to be more like him. And Jesus is constantly inviting people to be a part of his life so that he can bless them further. He lavishes grace upon us according to his purpose, which is set forth as a plan in the fullness of time. He's going to make known the mystery of his will. If you ever wonder what God's up to in the world, you ever just stop and go, God, what are you doing? Like, why are you getting involved or why are you silent here? What, what's, what's going on? The mystery of his will. He says when he brings us in, he goes, I want to tell you something. I want to show you what I'm up to. Would you like to see what I'm up to? What he's up to is this. Unite all things to himself. What does he, what is he, what's his, what's he doing in the world? A rescue mission to unite all things to himself. He's inviting people and reestablishing his creation that we become recreations. And he's gonna make all things new. That's what he's up to. And he goes, I want you to be a part of this and I want you to be a part of my family and I wanna welcome you in. We're hospitable because we worship the king who has given us the greatest act of hospitality the world has ever known. So hospitality is inviting someone into your life that, who doesn't ordinarily belong there. And I want to, you're like, okay, that's cool and all, but how do I do that? What are some helpful things? Give me some hospitality hacks, if you will, right? Like, I need something to go on here. And what I'm going to share with you right now is just a list of things that after praying for wisdom, God has given me some wisdom on this. I've also learned from other people throughout the years. People have just kind of shared things with me. People have invited me into their life, and I got to see this, and I'm like, 
we are so going to do that, right? And so I'm going to share with you a list of things that are going to be helpful as you seek to show hospitality, okay? So number one, meditate on the word of God. Hospitality is all over the Bible, all over the Bible. Almost every letter that the Apostle Paul sent out has something about showing hospitality. The Levitical laws showing hospitality, welcoming in the stranger, all these kinds of things. It's all over the Bible. So just do a word study on hospitality or Google like hospitality in the Bible and just read and let God's word change you. It's incredible. Number two, talk to your life group about this. As we're in life group going, hey, this might be difficult, or hold me accountable, or pray for me, or help me with this, or would you, like, could we host something together, or whatever it is. Talk to your life group, because we are here to grow in our faith and build these relationships. Number three, bless every home. Blesseveryhome.com is a website that you can go to that you can sign up to be a light in your community, and it'll give you the names of the people around you, and you can pray for them. It's an interactive website about praying for people and serving people. Ignite is, uh, we have a church account there, so if you mention that you're part of Ignite, um, that would be awesome um, as we continue to reach our city together. So that's just a great way to start praying for people. Number four, define a people. Define a people. What do I mean by that? I mean that you are burdened for somebody, right? There's, there's, when you think about reaching people, there's something that you go, where do you start in all of this? So maybe you're like, well, I have a passion for college students or single moms or, or, or mechanics or, you know, whatever it is, right? Maybe, it's, maybe I have a, a burden for people who are really experienced in life. They're old, right? Like, so what, like, what empty nesters? Do I have a heart for empty nesters? What, whatever it is, start going, okay, I'm going to start here. Where's my burden? I'm going to start there. Set a time. Set a time. Um, put it on your calendar. It doesn't have to be every day, although it could be, but use it in God's varied grace, right? It could be monthly, it could be quarterly, but put something on the calendar. Because this doesn't come naturally to us, if we don't put it on our calendars, if we don't make time for this, it's not going to happen. And this is going to be, isn't that great that Steve gave us that cute sermon one day? Like, that's all this really becomes. So set some time on your calendar about, you know what, for the next six months, once a month, I'm going to do this. Or whatever it is for you, but set a time. Make a menu. Make a menu. And what I mean by that is it doesn't have to be fancy, but it also just takes away some of the logistical stuff. Um, there's a family I know that makes soup every Friday. That's what they do. They invite their neighborhood over and they make soup. So they have the same grocery list every week. They have the same routine. They put the soup on in the morning in the crock pot. It's ready in the evening. Just simple. Just another one of those things to take away an obstacle from being hospitable. So just making a menu. It could be a cup of coffee. Like, I'm going to take somebody out for coffee. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do whatever it is. Just put something there. Extend the invite. Actually invite somebody. Make a list of people. And if that person can't do it that week, then move on to the next person down your list and just keep going. Make a list and, and go, hey, I would really love to get to know you a little bit more. Or, hey, would you love to have, I would love to have coffee with you time. Or would you come over to our house? Or, or would you go out, you know, to B-dubs with us? Whatever it is, right? And then um, when you get there, 
one of my mentors taught me this, uh, make someone an expert in themselves. You're like, what do I do when I get there? Like, what do we talk about, right? Make someone an expert in themselves. And what it means is this, ask them a lot of questions about who they are and what makes them tick. Oh, where'd you live? Where'd you grow up? Do you have brothers and sisters? How did you pick your job? You know, like all these different things, you, you start asking them lots of questions about themselves, not because that's what you're supposed to do, but because you're interested in them. And to say, tell me about yourself. Oh, that's interesting. How did that come about? Oh, that's really neat. You know, like whatever it is, make someone an expert in themselves. Because the best leaders will make someone feel important. Because they are important. And then go three questions deep. Three questions deep. And what I mean by that is simply this. Like when something comes up of interest, ask two follow-up questions. Where do you work? Oh, that's cool. How did you get that job? What's the biggest joy about what you do? That's three questions deep about the same topic. So what do you do for a living? How did you come about getting that job? And what's the greatest joy about it? Great leading is, tell me the greatest thing about your week. And tell me the hardest thing about your week. What's God doing in your life? And from there, just kind of go three questions deep. Get to know people. Because by welcoming them into our life, we express a little bit about what the gospel is, which is God reconciling sinners to himself. And who's going to stand before a church someday giving their testimony for baptism, preaching the message, or giving the, their, their God story, their testimony to someone else because you invited them into your life. And they're gonna say, yeah, this, this couple invited me in when, when I really needed it. Or this guy would just invite me along to stuff and I just thought that was really amazing and that's what started my spiritual journey. Or this lady took the time to listen to me In the weeks and months and years to come, in the culture in which we live, I am thoroughly convinced of this, that hospitality will be one of our most powerful forms of evangelism as we welcome people into our lives and get to know them and hear them and walk with them and then be able to lead them to the God that will gladly welcome them in through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And I want to challenge you today. I want to end with a challenge today. A couple weeks till the 4th of July, right? So we've got a holiday coming up. Makes a good break for us. If God's been working on your heart and you're like, I need to do this, I'm going to challenge you to do one expression of hospitality between now and through the 4th, right, to the 5th of July. Between now and then, one expression of hospitality. That's my challenge to you today. Would you do that in the next two, two and a half weeks, something, whatever that is, between now and the fourth, one expression of hospitality to invite someone in who normally doesn't belong there. And if that's you today, if you're going to take that challenge, in a moment here, I'm going to ask you to stand because I want to pray over you. Okay, so one act of hospitality between now and the 5th of July, like through the fourth there, because you're going to wait and you're like, I want to blow stuff up with people around me. Cool, right? In its varied forms. So, if that's you today, 
and you want to take this challenge, I'm just going to ask you to stand up right now so I can pray for you. Would you stand? Hmm. That's awesome. Praise God. Let's pray.